Hey everybody, Cliff Ravenscraft here, and welcome back to another episode of Podcast Answer Man. This is episode number 355, and if you're new to the show, my friends, this is the show that is devoted to taking your message, your business, and your life to the next level. It doesn't matter if you've been in this online content creating world for many years, or if you've uh, just recently joined the world, the ranks of the online content creator, there's something we can do to take everything we do in life to the next level. And that's what this podcast is all about. Now, some of you are thinking, what in the world has happened? You know, <laughs> where is the music? Where's the intro? Where's the jingles? And I want to tell you, it's totally 100% intentional that there is going to be no audio clips played anywhere in this podcast episode. And why am I doing that? I'm doing it just to show you that it's possible. I'm actually teaching, I'm I'm wrapping up the final week of my current session of podcasting A to Z, and there are several students in there who, on literally the last two days of the course, are still struggling to find the right music for their podcast, and a couple students have said, you know what, forget it, I I, I don't have, I know you want to listen to a sample episode of my new podcast that I'm going to be putting online, Um, I haven't settled on the music yet, but here's what I've got. And I listen to it and I'm thinking, this, why, don't feel like you have to have music in the front of your show. Don't feel like you have to have some kind of professional audio intro to have your content uh, be valuable to your audience, to actually gain their attention, to, to really mean something to them, to, to even sound professional. This podcast is... I believe is probably going to be just as valuable, maybe even more valuable than the 354 podcast episodes before it. And I believe this may be the second or third time I've actually produced a podcast without any audio clips. Now, this one isn't this one is intentional for the purpose of saying, you know what? No audio clips, none at all. I'm not even going to put any in in post-production just to show you that it is possible. Don't let anything stand in the way of you creating content that gets your message out into the world. Don't let your artwork hold you back. Don't let your audio branding hold you back. None of that stuff. Do I believe that having professional sounding audio or a great sounding song that kind of really sets the tone and the energy for your podcast can that actually help you make a great first impression? I do believe that. And I believe that if you're going to use artwork and if you're go- which I believe you should because of the search results and stuff and I believe that if you are going to mu- use music, you should use something that really does draw people in and it actually does sound professional. But that by no means uh, is is an endorsement of me saying you can't create content unless you have these things in place. You can hit the record button and say, hey, everybody, I'm here. I'm glad you're here. This is who I am. That's This is what this podcast is about. And we have a great show for you today. So there you go. Topic number one of episode number 355. You can actually create a podcast without a single audio clip played from anywhere. Now. I do have one major topic that I am going to cover in today's podcast episode, and it is going to be a line-by-line response, or I should say reaction, and maybe even strong reaction to a blog post that was uh, produced or written or published by Spencer Hawes, I think that's how you say his last name, over at nichepursuits.com. He recently created a blog post, sent it out to his mailing list, and said, 
the title of it, Why You Should Not, in all capital letters, not. Uh, he says, Why You Should Not Start a Podcast. Well, as you can imagine, um, that that would you know certainly get my attention. Now, I wouldn't have known about this post if he had not mentioned me in the actual blog post. He mentioned myself and a few of my friends in the blog post, and as a result of mentioning my name in a pod, in a blog post titled "Why You Should Not Start a Podcast," as you can imagine, many of my listeners said, "Hey, did you see this, Cliff? I think you might be interested in reading a blog post." Uh, with that title that has your name uh, mentioned in it. So uh, thank you to Todd and all the other folks who have sent this over to me. Uh, It is something that is interesting to me, and that's what I'm literally going to do in this entire episode. Now, I may have picked the wrong episode to do no audio, to do no breaking up of sound jingles to break up anything, because not only am I doing something unique and not queuing up any audio clips or any audio branding at all, But I'm also doing something that I absolutely hate, and that is I'm going to do a lot of reading in this podcast. So I I want to apologize to each and every one of you right now. I hate to read. I'm not the world's greatest reader in the world anyway. I do okay reading without any stumbling whatsoever, but it's whatever the case, I don't know what it is, but when I hit the record button and I'm reading into a microphone and I start reading, sometimes I just stumble like crazy. So I've pre-read the article, I've went through it, and I hope that it's going to be okay, but if I, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to apologize to you in advance. Now, before I get into Spencer's blog post and do my response line by line, I do have another email that I'm going to read to you from Jason. Now, Jason sent me an email earlier this week and asked me a question, and, um, yeah, so, and, and I told him, I said, I tell you what, I'm going to give you my response to your question or to your email in episode number 355. Now, I wouldn't even bring this into this episode had I known that I was going to spend so much time on uh, Spencer's blog post that I'll get to in just a moment. But I did already email him back and said, listen, you have to listen to episode 355 because I will respond there. Um, and if you want to hear my thoughts about your email, then then listen to episode 355. So let me go ahead and jump right into Jason's email. Jason wrote this. He says, hi, Cliff. I just listened to my first podcast episode of Podcast Answer Man. Great stuff. I've heard your name quite a bit on other shows, mainly from those Tennessee folks. Uh, you also mentioned, uh, let's see here. You also mentioned you get tons of email. Here's one more. And he's got the smiley face. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. All right. (laughs) We'll find out how much he would love to hear my thoughts on this. All right. So this is what Jason wrote. He says, my blog is new. I want to begin podcasting this summer. What is the best way to grow my audience quickly? Right now, I'm embarrassed to say, but I only have four subscribe only have about four subscribers is it wrong to offer a random cash reward for subscriptions or any other gift i want to grow the audience before i get into affiliates etc once again awesome show awesome dude and even greater that you're willing that you're walking out his will and for those who are not familiar with the way we 
uh, Jesus people talk. He's talking about our Heavenly Father, God's will. But you guys, anyway, once again, awesome show, awesome dude, and even greater that you're walking out his will. What a blessing and inspiration you are. Well, anyway, thank you, Jason, for your email, and I'm glad to have it. And as I told you, I am going to give you my response. My response, and I actually have this little outline here of the things that I might want to say. So first thing is, is what is the best way to grow my audience quickly? And I wrote in two words in all caps. And those two words are wrong question. That's it. Wrong question. Instead, the better question would be, hey, Cliff, I have I have a brand new blog. Right now, I only have four subscribers. I am thinking about creating a podcast this summer, so I have a question for you. Let me tell you a better question than the one you asked. How about this one? What tips do you have for creating a podcast that would be extremely valuable to my target audience? Do you see the difference in that? I mean, that, that, that is so vastly different than the question of what is the best way to grow my audience quickly? First and foremost, let's forget about quickly. Let's just think, how do you grow your audience? Well, first of all, one way to create an audience and to gain attention of others is to create something of value, to create something worth people's attention and something, my friend, that you would never have to pay them for, that you would never have to give them cash rewards if they actually subscribe to your podcast or cash rewards if they would subscribe to your blog. That, my friend, you know, that is just not how you want to build anything And so instead of thinking about growing things that way, you want to start thinking, what can I do to serve others? Now, here's the thing. I've never never really had anybody say, I only have four subscribers to my blog before. But I don't know where you're getting that number from. But here's what I would recommend that you do. The best thing you could do right now, Jason, before you even think about starting your podcast, is see if you can figure out who those four people are. Those are extremely valuable people. In fact, anytime you ever have anybody who is already subscribing to anything that you write or say, never use the word only in front of the number of people who are doing that. Because what in my mind, what that does is it it takes away the value of each of those individual human beings who are actually reading or reading your words or listening to your words. And you know, in fact, if I if it were me, I would say, hey, my blog is brand new, it, it, you know, absolutely brand new. And I've already I, I, as far as I can see in my stats, I can tell that I already have been blessed to have four subscribers. I know it's not huge, but at least it's a start. Do you, do you see the difference in the mindset? So I will tell you that my my feeling and my opinion is that unless we change our mindset on the value of the people who are already subscribed to the stuff that we're creating, this content that we're creating, then we'll never really see success. What and, and it doesn't matter how you define that success. I think that we find success and we and we literally can grow an audience by being thankful for the audience we already have. 
and understanding the value in one subscriber and, vi- and understanding the value of 10 subscribers. You know, instead of thinking, you know, I, and the other thing that I can, you know, and maybe I'm going to make an assumption here. You said, I want to grow the audience before I get into affiliates, etc. And what I, now I'm going to make a jump here, but Jason, what I hear is I really want to grow the numbers of people who are subscribed to my audience before I start looking to generate income. That's what I'm hearing. And if that's the case, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to a prior episode of Podcast Answer Man that you can go to podcastanswerman.com slash occupation. If you just type that into your web browser, it'll take you to episode number 324 of Podcast Answer Man. And the title of that episode is Podcasting as an Occupation, How Long Before My Podcast Will Start Generating Income? In that podcast, in episode number 324, I give my answer, my thoughts on how long it might take to start generating income with your podcast and my thoughts on feelings about that question in general. Now, if you want to know some thoughts on how to grow your audience and market your podcast, it's not a bad question. I think it has a lot to do with how the question is framed, but but it's not a bad question. I want to grow my audience. I want to market my podcast. And so I did create a podcast uh, episode, and it's episode number 254 of Podcast Answer Man. In fact, you can get that over at uh, podcastanswerman.com slash growing hyphen your hyphen audience, all right? Or if you want to, you just go to podcastanswerman.com and look up episode number 254. Either way, that's going to get you to, I think I gave um, 26 tips on growing your audience and marketing your podcast, all kinds of wonderful things. And guess what? It, it it's the question that I answer there is not how can I uh, how can I grow my audience quickly, but instead those are twenty six tips for giving for helping you to create a podcast that would be extremely valuable to your target audience. And as you create a podcast that is extremely valuable to your target audience, your target audience who already knows you or has already found you, will begin to share it with others because it is so valuable. Hmm. Think on those things. Anyway, I want to read uh, one other thing here, and that is my favorite quote from Jason Fried's book, uh, Rework. And I read this all the time. And in fact, it's going to, you know, I'm I'm just going to reference it. I'm going to read it now, but I'm going to reference it later in my response to Spencer over at Niche Pursuits. But anyway, this is the quote. The myth of the overnight sensation. It says, you will not be a big hit right away. You will not get rich quick. You are not so special that everyone else will instantly pay attention. No one cares about you. At least not yet. Get used to it. You know those overnight success stories you've heard about? It's not the whole story. Dig deeper and you'll usually find people who have busted their butts, and I've actually changed that word for you, uh, who have busted their butts for years to get into the position where things could take off. And on the rare occasion that instant success does come along, it usually doesn't last. There's no foundation there to support it. Trade the dream of overnight success for slow, measured growth. It's hard, but you have to be patient. You have to grind it out. You have to do it for a long time before the right people 
even those people in Tennessee that have podcasts like Dan Miller and and uh, Michael Hyatt and all those other fantastic, wonderful people in Tennessee. Uh, you have to do it for a long time before those kind of people notice these things. And that, Jason, is my response to your email. All righty. So now that that's out of the way, let me move on to my next thing that I'm going to be reading with you guys. And that is uh, my response to Spencer's article titled, Why You Should Not Start a Podcast After I Drink This Water. That was good. Didn't even, not even going to edit that one out. I'm doing all kinds of things here to just show people what you can get by with in a podcast when you don't get overly obsessed about music, overly obsessed about uh, editing. I'm not going to edit anything. What I, what I, I'm just going to put this baby out there as soon as I'm done. So uh, keep that in mind. Now, here's the deal. This is what Spencer wrote. This, by the way, you can find this over at nichepursuits.com. Spencer Hawes is his name. Uh, and um, I did not ask for permission, by the way, to to read this entire post. But he did ask for some response. And uh, anyway, I, I hope I, I did put a comment on Spencer's website saying that I had read it. I'm going to cover this thing in detail on Podcast Answer Man episode number 355 that was going to be recorded this afternoon. So... I did tell him that I would be reading this uh, and responding to it. But here's what he wrote. And by the way, I'm just going I, I to, I'd been thinking about this. One, I thought I was going to read through the entire post without any comment and then share my comments on certain sections. And then I decided, you know what? I already hate reading so much. I think I, I'm just going to read it and give my responses to the things that I want to respond to as I'm reading the post. So bear with me, my friends. I don't do this a lot, as you know. And I'm not looking forward to it, but let's get let's get through it. All right. He starts off again. By the way, the title, I just I just want to emphasize again, the word not N.O.T. is all in caps. The rest regular title style. But he says why you should not start a podcast by Spencer Hawes, nichepursuits.com. He says, I see people starting podcasts all the time. Oh, by the way, I can I just say this? I'm going to be reading with my own emphasis. I have no idea what his emphasis was when he wrote this blog post. I, so any of these words that you hear me emphasize and stuff like that, it's all my own interpretation. But you know what? This is one of the problems with the blog post. I could actually read this as if Spencer is angry. I could read this as if Spencer was very sad and depressed about his podcasting efforts. I could read it as if he was apathetic and cared care less. I could read it in any way that I want, and I have no idea. I have no clue what his emotional state was or how he truly felt because I didn't have the benefit of his own language, his own words, his own voice to voice it. So when I read this to you, I'm reading it from my own perspective of what I feel like how I would read this, you know, if I was reading his blog post, which I don't usually read blog posts. But... With that being said, and understand that how I read this may or may not have anything close to the way that Spencer may have been thinking these words in his mind when he typed them with his keyboard. All right, so now back to the post. I see people starting podcasts all the time. I mean, I have also been uh, been to a couple conferences where entire sessions were dedicated to the huge benefits of starting a podcast. 
which by the way, starting there, this is me, Cliff, um, go to podcastanswerman.com slash 90 days. That's podcastanswerman.com slash 90 days. That, my friends, is one of those talks that Spencer is talking about. Uh, not He probably wasn't there at the platform conference with Michael Hyatt. I don't know. Uh, but I've certainly given that same talk at uh, New Media Expo, and I've certainly given the same talk uh, recently at Social Media uh, marketing world. I use different stories and different variations to tell the same thing, but uh, but certainly the benefits that I've, that I've covered are the same. But he's he's actually been to the conferences where entire sessions were de- dedicated to the benefits of starting a podcast, is what he says. Continuing on, he says, and according to many, the market size of those listening to podcasts continues to grow. And I confess, I even listen to a podcast myself every now and again. But based upon my own experiences, I don't think starting a podcast is a smart decision for many people. I'm going to pause right here to give you my own thought on this one. Now, Spencer says, I don't think starting a podcast is a smart decision for many people. Guess what? I agree. Spencer, you may be surprised, but I actually agree with this statement. I totally agree that I do not think that starting a podcast is a smart decision for many people. There are a lot of people out there that should not probably even think or consider starting a podcast. And it's, however, my decisions, my, my reasons for this are quite a bit different than the ones that you're going to share in your blog post here, which I'll get to in a little bit. Because I disagree with, I don't know, I did, if I had to guess maybe 60, 70, maybe even 80% of what you wrote. But um, but I, t- I do agree that there are many people out there who should not create an audio podcast. And, uh, you know, let me just give you one person who should not create an audio podcast. A person who really doesn't care about people. And by, by the way, please understand, I am not saying this about Spencer at all. In fact, Spencer has really good reasons why he doesn't want to do a podcast. And I actually agree with him. But but uh, with one or two reasons, you know, he's got a new baby and he's got other business pursuits that are a higher priority for himself. Those are the reasons why, and I think those are great reasons. If you don't have the time and you want to do something that you feel is more valuable with your time, then go for it. Although I am going to tell Spencer and, and folks here why I believe that he could have actually seen a little bit more value from his podcast. We'll get into that. But that being said, there is one person out there, and, and I can give you a couple others, but there is one type of person out there that, that I don't think should create a podcast, and that is if you really genuinely don't care about people. Uh, if you all, and, and again, I'm not saying this about Spencer, but there are some people I know in the internet marketing space, they could care less about people. They really only care about numbers. Um, not, that, not that that's all they care about, but that's really what drives them. You know, I, they'd rather have a list of, a, you know, 250,000 people. And if they did something and, it, and you know, 30,000 people got upset and went somewhere else, well, those 30,000 people can just go because, you know, they weren't going to buy from me anyway. You know, and, and you know, they're really not, you know, if they if they sell a product and out of, let's just say out of, you know, 3,000 people who brought purchased the product, if all of a sudden, you know, let's just say it's a $1,000 product and out of, it's a $1,000 product and 3,000 people purchased the product, you know, they've made quite a bit of money. Uh, but if all of a sudden, you know, there are a couple people who have some serious concerns about the their feelings about the value of it and they ask for a refund or ask for help or whatever, they'd just rather just give the refund and say, you know, just leave me alone, go on your way. 
You know, they they really don't care about the individual because there's just too many to care about, and and it, it's it's beneath them in in certain ways. And you know what? Here's the thing: when you don't care about your audience, when you don't care about people, it comes through your voice. It comes through. Uh, and there's really no way to pretend that you care about people. And and there's a lot of people out there. There there are several people out there who, if if they were to create a podcast, it you know it would be difficult for people to actually come to know, like, and trust them. Uh, it, it it would be easier for them to be liked in a blog post because you can hide, you know, some of the you can filter things a lot more in a blog post and, and stuff like that. And blogging might be better for those people. Again, I'm not saying that's true for Spencer at all. I've, I've matter of fact, I know people who know Spencer and those people are really close friends of mine. And the fact that, that any of these folks say anything great about Spencer says a lot about him as a person. So I, I, I want to make that ex- distinction, if you will. All right. So, uh, but I do agree that there are many people who should not start a podcast. Now, this is where he continues on. I'm going back to his reading. He says, I want to be very clear. This podcast is not to discourage anyone from starting a podcast. Now, he did not put that emphasis there. It's mine. He says, I love listening to great interviews, and there are some fantastic podcasts out there. Now, Spencer, I didn't put this in my notes, but here's something I want to point out. From the very first section of your blog post all the way through the very end, you seem to equate podcast equals interviews. I'm just stating it. I'll, 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 there, I said it. <laughs> and and, and from, from reading your entire blog post from beginning to end, it seems to me that you equate a podcast equals interviews. There are other kinds of podcasts out there. This podcast episode won't be a single episode. There will be no interview in this one, my friend. Not a, This one's a solo show. Cliff Ravenscraft. Not any, not any music to break it up. It's all Cliff all the time from the beginning to the end. Wow. That's some really harsh stuff. Uh, but anyway, I don't know if you'll listen to this episode, but I imagine you probably will with, with the audience that I have. They'll they'll tell you about this episode of, and it might pique your interest. But anyway, uh, you want, he says, I want to, Spencer, you say, I want to be clear. I, this is not to discourage anyone from starting a podcast, yet the title is Why You Should Not Start a Podcast. So, uh, you know, I, I have to question your, your genuine, uh, what is it? Is there a word for genuinity? Uh, how genuine are you in that statement? You want to be clear that this is not to discourage anyone, but yet it's titled Why You Should Not. Hmm. Anyway, uh, he says, continue on. However, what doesn't get talked about very much that I'm aware of, he says, is that is the downsides of podcasting. That's right. Not everything about starting your own podcast is as rosy as it sounds. I agree. I absolutely agree. In fact, when I'm on the stage and if you were to listen to my talk uh, that I gave at the uh, over at the podcastanswerman.com slash 90 days, you, my friend, would hear me saying from a stage to uh, hundreds of people at that conference, and of course, thousands have watched the video, but you would hear me say, if anybody ever told you that podcasting was easy, they lied to you. Podcasting is not easy. There are some downsides to podcasting. It It, it, it is work. You're right. I agree with you. I I 
I don't talk about the downsides a ton, but but I do make people aware that they're there. Uh, this this isn't something that just you you just you talk and boom, it's on the internet. Although it can be that easy, and we'll talk about that maybe a little bit. Anyway, he Spencer continues today. I simply want to cover my very real and raw thoughts about my own podcast and why I think many people shouldn't start a podcast. There, I said it. All right, that's that's what he wrote. So let's hear a little bit. Now, he has a big subtitle here. He's got, being popular doesn't always drive results. Actually, I disagree with this statement. Um, the people that I have helped, and I've, I've literally helped thousands of people launch a podcast, and that is not an exaggeration. It is in the thousands. And the people that, that I have helped who already have a significant online following, let's just say they, are, they have a following of 10,000 or more people. Uh, those people, when they launch a podcast, usually have tremendous results right after launching their podcast. All right. So being popular actually does pretty much always drive results. I've never seen somebody popular. And I guess it depends on how you describe popular. Uh, but but yeah, yeah, I, I kind of disagree. I think that being popular online already prior to having a podcast does give you an advantage over anyone else. And you do see it, it, it being popular does drive results. It gets you to the top a whole lot quicker. Uh, there, there's, there's no arguing that one. All right. So this is, so he, that's, that's his subtitle. And then he says, when it comes to, right down to it, most podcasters don't see huge results from their podcasts. Okay. Maybe that's my opinion. I don't have hard facts. Okay. He already said these are his raw thoughts. These are his raw thoughts after two years of his podcast. Now I'm going to pause here for just a second. All right. And I want to give you some facts about Spencer's podcast. Uh, Niche Pursuits is the name of it. By the way, his podcast was launched on April 23rd, 2012, just two years prior to him publishing this blog post. Okay. Uh, he started in April, he, April 23rd, 2012, two years ago. His most recent episode is episode number 27. And that most recent episode was released on February 28th. That means March 28th, April 20th. It's been two months and there hasn't been a podcast since his most recent episode. All right. Now, after two years, a successful weekly podcast, which, by the way, most podcasts that are successful are typically weekly um, and you know that that has been proven in my uh, experience over thousands of podcasters uh, that I've helped that a weekly format is the best. It is what's expected by most subscribers. Um, they 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 literally do. They suspect. They expect. They expect that you would have a weekly show. That that's that's what the average podcast subscriber should uh is is thinking and it's what they desire from a, a podcast content creator. After 2 years of a successful podcast, they would average 100 episodes. Now that's actually skipping 2 episodes a year. Now Ray Edwards um I think he's getting ready to go into his third year and so you know he just started his third going into it. He just finished 2 years. Let me say it that way. It's easier. And he's never missed a single episode. 
and and the 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 ones that go week after week and continue to create content you know on average it's 50 episodes per year so for two years you'd have 100 episodes well spencer it's been two years you have 27 okay so um, my next note here is that spencer was doing the show almost every week from april 23rd to june 26th so you made it eight let's see from so you all of April, so so April to May, and then May to June. So you actually did two months worth of podcasting, where you podcasted every week for approximately just over two months, um, starting from April twenty third, two thousand twelve, to June twenty sixth, two thousand twelve. So bravo on that! You you had a great start right out of the gate, and you produced a bunch of podcasts. But here's what happened. Here's a list. I, I want to give you a list of months, Spencer, that you never produced a single, not one episode. June, July, August, 2012, three months back to pack, not a single episode, all right? Uh, June, July, uh, actually not June, it was actually July, August, September. July, August, September, 2012, three months without a single podcast episode. Um, Then there were a couple episodes there in uh, October and November and uh, December. And they were, you know, just, you know, sprinkled in there. And then there was a single podcast episode in January 2013. It's, I guess it was kind of like a New Year's resolution. Let's get this thing going again. I'm assuming I have no idea. But then there was February and March 2013. And then, you know, I can't actually tell you that there was April of 2013 because you did, re- you did produce a single podcast episode. Uh, one in April 2013, but then you went May, June, and July 2013 without a single podcast episode. So then uh, you went back to a weekly format uh, starting on April 16th, and you went all the way through September 20th, 2013. So six weeks in a row, you produced a podcast episode. Uh, it seemed like you know you felt like, hey, let's get back at this. Let's let's see what we can accomplish you know other people are still talking about this maybe i take another go at it six weeks of content boom however uh you that that ended on september 20th there was nothing at all in october 2013 uh there was a single episode in november 2013 no episodes at all in december 2013 uh you did four episodes between january 30th through February 28th, which, by the way, is basically the entire, it's one month of, of content. Um, you almost went the entire month of January without anything. Uh, and then you went March uh, and April of this year with no content. So what is this? Let me just say June, or no, it's July, August, September 2012, February, March 2013, May, June, July 2013, October 2013, December 2013, March 2014, April 2014. Note, in the two years, Spencer, that you have been creating, a po- that you've launched your podcast, in the two years that you've been podcasting, there have been 12 months where you have not produced a single podcast episode. So, you know, and and, and I just wanted to bring this out, the, the, there it it is not surprising to me that you haven't seen great results you have and and so we'll get a little bit into that but i just wanted to share out of 2 years of podcasting 
12 of 12 months, 12 full months from beginning to end, 12 months without a single podcast episode total. All right, we'll move on. Uh, let's see here. So, um, let's see. When it comes right down to it, most popular's don't most popular most podcasters don't see huge results from their podcast. Um, okay, maybe that's my opinion. I don't have the hard facts. So those are the facts that I found about your podcast. But anyway, coming back to this huge results, I, I kind of think it one you know it depends on what do you mean and how do you define huge results. Although I think I get an idea, you know, click through ratio of you know people responding to the clicks and we're going to get a little bit to more of that however i think some of this actually comes down to the need for realistic rec- uh, expectations of what can you expect from an audio podcast it is different it is not the same content as creating a blog the matrix are not the same the 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 way to measure the success or or whatever the podcast is not the same as a blog um the other could Let's see here. The other could be the it could be the lack of frequency that has certainly added to some of the issues that you're about ready to address in your in your blog post here. So we'll get to that. Anyway, continuing on continuing on with what Spencer wrote, he says, however, after seeing my own results shared below and knowing a few stats from others, I think it that's a safe statement. However, perhaps no, it's he says. However, perhaps that's no different than many things. Most people are never able to put together the right formula for the maximum success in lots of business ventures. I would agree with you, and I think one for you, Spencer. One of the uh, formulas for success, for maximum success in podcasting, is creating consistent content on a weekly basis. Um, and, and that is something that has not happened with your podcast. So I just want to keep that and, you know, keep that in mind as we're weighing through these. I'm going to take another drink here. Now, <clears throat> Spencer continues. He says, I'm sure like me, you've heard the big success stories from some podcasters. I applaud people like Andrew Warner of Mixergy.com, Pat Flynn of SmartPassiveIncome.com. John Dumas of EntrepreneurOnFire.com and Cliff Ravenscraft of PodcastAnswerMan.com that have created highly successful podcast businesses. Well, thank you very much. Um, I, I, I am honored, uh, Spencer, that you did name me among those folks. I, I enjoy, those are all wonderful people, uh, close friends, and and I'm thankful to be, to be honored to be listed with them. Uh, and you're right, yeah, we we have. But I will tell you, there's a whole lot more success stories than the folks that you mentioned there. And in my opinion, there are people who are way more successful than Pat Flynn, John Lee Dumas, Cliff Ravenscraft, or Andrew Warner. I just want to say that. There there are. There, those are not the best stories out there. There, there are some really other awesome stories. Uh, and no doubt, there are several people who haven't heard those stories uh, but uh, they're out there, and, and they're they're having massive uh, impact on a an audience where they're literally changing people's lives day in and day out. And guess what? Those people are actually making significant income as a result of um, you know their approach to podcasting. And they may not have the hundreds of thousands of downloads, or they may not be ranked in the top five of whatever category, but. I'll tell you what, they're extremely successful. 
So there's a lot of wonderful names that sh- that could be admired in podcasting, and the ones that you mentioned cer- certainly, you know, we we do get a lot of attention in the space. But uh, I just want to say it's it's not the only ones. Spencer continues. He says, "I have no doubt in my mind. For some people, podcasting can be a huge marketing or business opportunity. However, for others, it's important to consider the downloads downsides before jumping in with both feet." I agree with you there, by the way. He says, I've been blogging for four years now. So I had an audience in place when I started my podcast. So when I launched my podcast, I had immediate listeners. Yay, he writes. Now, here are a couple bullet point thoughts that I had related to that statement. Number one, four years is not a long time. I mean, I was podcasting for two years uh, and grinding it out. And then after two years, I did get to the place where I felt confident to leave my career, full-time career, and go into podcasting full-time, knowing that, you know, we're a single-income family, that my wife was a stay-at-home mom taking care of our three young children. Um, So in two years, it did get me to that place. And, you know, in, in the first year or the third year of podcasting, it was a very difficult year financially. And fourth year, things started to kind of, you know, take an upswing. And, of course, it got a whole lot better. If you go over to podcastanswerman.com slash income, you can read all about my stream of income and how it's increased over the years and how through nothing other than podcasting um, and promoting my products and services through podcasting that I had a year last year where my business had over half a million dollars in revenue. But anyway, it you know, here's the deal. Still the thing. Four years is not a long time. Uh, there is no doubt, Spencer, you have gained a significant audience. Uh, I have no idea. There's no way for me to know without you telling me. Uh, and it really doesn't matter to me. But um, I don't know how how big or how many subscribers that you have to your blog or to your mailing list. My guess that it's really large. Uh, and for me, really large is 20,000 or more. And you probably think 20,000 if you only knew. I have 300,000 people on my mailing list. Or if you you might even be thinking 300,000 too. He has no clue. I have 4 million. I have no idea. None of that really means a whole lot to me personally. But but the reality is, is here's what I see. Four years is not a lot of time. And the only thing that I can judge anything on is that if I go to your website at nichepursuits.com, uh, on the right-hand side, top of your sidebar, you do feature two social media profiles. And I see that on Twitter, you have 3,103 followers. And on your Facebook fan page or whatever they call those pages now on Facebook, you have 3,209 likes or people who have liked your page. Now, please understand, in my opinion, 3,000 people, uh, that's an admirable number uh, for somebody who's only been blogging for four years. I think those are great numbers. Um and, and but but I want to th- I, I would like to think that you have actually more reach through your podcast than you do through your Twitter or your Facebook. Now, will Twitter and Facebook actually drive more direct results that you can measure to your products and services? Absolutely. Yeah. It, you know, when you can just put a hyperlink and somebody can click on it and it's that easy. Boom. Yep. OK. No big deal. However, um, you know, man, I, we're going to get into some things about your podcast that I that I just don't think that you've thought about in your raw thoughts that you've published 
in your podcast or in your blog post titled why people should not create a podcast. Um, but anyway, I would say that, yeah, your pod, your podcast is actually pretty darn successful, you know, uh, especially given your lack of frequency. Your podcast is an anomaly uh, and, and it probably has a lot to do with the fact that, you know, you, you did bring a little bit of popularity with you when you came and started your podcast. And so I think that uh, it goes back to whole, you know, popular people who actually do see some direct results. Anyway, he, uh, Spencer says, in fact, my niche pursuits podcast made the new and noteworthy list on iTunes when it was first launched. Sweet, he writes. Uh, he says, from what I hear, that's what everyone is trying to achieve with their new podcast. Nope. I disagree. Uh, in fact, um, I want to tell you, and I've said this before on Podcast Answer Man, and and I, man, I, the last time I said it, I got some flack from people saying, gosh, way to pop the, uh, way to burst my bubble, <laughs> way, way to deflate the balloon cliff. Gosh, you could have said it a little nicer. Can I just say something? This is how you get into new and noteworthy. Create a brand new podcast and insert it into iTunes. Boom. You're new and noteworthy. I, now, how do you get to the top of the list? Okay. Create, you know, create enough of an online buzz either through your existing audience or through really getting the help of some online social media people to help you uh, create some kind of buzz and get some, some folks where maybe 300 people. If you can get 300 people to subscribe to your podcast all in one day or within two days or three days and get a bunch of people, you know, get 20 or 30 people to to rate and review your podcast. Boom, you're at the top of the new and noteworthy. New and noteworthy is no big deal. Uh, you know, there are people out there who say this is eight weeks of the best marketing you're ever going to get. And that's true for... 5% of brand new podcasts that have something worth subscribing to for all the people who are going to actually see it and click on it because they just happen to see it at the as as it's up there. But the, the, the reality is most people's podcasts, 95% of all new podcasts out there are not so great when they put out their first 5 to 10 episodes that people are going to actually preview it and say, ah, that's the podcast for me. Just because it was new and noteworthy? No. Gosh, it, it, you're, it, I, I don't teach this. I don't think that anybody should just be out there searching for this new and noteworthy golden goblet of success, whatever. Anyway, instead, for the most part, I, I actually tell people, my students who go through my course on how to podcast, I tell them, listen, embrace your invisibility. This is my favorite thing. I, 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 I really never followed John Acuff all that much, but a bunch of my friends went to his conference, the Start Conference, I enjoyed it. I got to meet John Acuff. He's a super nice guy. I listened to one of his talks, and one of the greatest things I ever heard John Acuff say, and it, it will probably forever stick with, embrace your invisibility. Embrace your invisibility. I love that. He said, why do you embrace your Because this is your best opportunity to make all your mistakes or a majority of your mistakes without the whole, whole world watching. Embrace your invisibility. And of course, as you could tell with my uh, response to Jason's email earlier in this episode, slow and measured growth. You know, and, and remember, slow and measured growth. Remember I told you 
or, or Jason Fried said, you know, when you see these overnight success stories, it's not the whole story. You Usually there's, the, you know, these people have busted their butts for years. And I just want to say the word years is inferring more than four. That's it. Yeah, and more than four. Anyway, uh, Spencer continues. He says, also, I checked the Niche Pursuits podcast, and it's currently listed on the front page of the popular podcasts, in quotes, for management and marketing. Well, today, Spencer, Spencer, before I was uh, getting ready to record this podcast, I did quite a bit of research on your show, as you can tell, I think. Uh, And as of today... Uh, Thursday, May 1st, 2014, as of today, your podcast, Spencer, is ranked 165th for the subcategory of management and marketing. And I just want to say that's pretty darn awesome. I mean, is it anything to, is it earth shattering? Wow, way, you know, huge, you know, you're, you're a celebrity in the podcasting space, but no, but dude, you're the top 200 of your subcategory. In spite of the fact that you haven't produced an episode in over two months, and in 2014, you have a total of four episodes, and in the past two years, you have 12 different full months that you never produced a single episode, and you're still in the top 200 of podcasts in your subcategory. Pretty darn awesome for the little amount of work that you've put into your podcast. (gasps) No, you didn't. Oh, no, you didn't, Cliff. You did not just say the little amount of work because, yes, I know, we're going to get into how much work you've put into your podcast, and you have, and, I, and, and I'm going to say that I'm kind of wrong for saying the little amount of work, although I will say a majority of the work that you've put in, probably not necessarily necessary to have achieved the amazing success that you've had already, and um, also that could have actually... You know, with a little less work, you could have actually done a lot more uh, as far as your results. We'll get into a little bit more of that. Anyway, so Spencer continues. So he says, so I made it to the new and noteworthy page, and I'm now on the popular podcasts page. That means I've had thousands of listeners a day, right? I must be seeing huge, and he actually does capitalize all the word huge, every word, every letter of it. I must be seeing huge results, from my podcast. I've made it, he writes. Well, not quite, Spencer says. He says, "Turn it, it turns out that I have an average of 200 downloads per day. That's it. Actually, I, I'm throwing in that. That's it. He says, turns out I have an average of around 200 downloads per day with spikes, which actually spikes up when I release a new podcast. All right, I have some thoughts on this one. All right. You've only produced four episodes in 2014. You're averaging 200 downloads per day. There have been 69 days so far this year. It's a total of 13,800 downloads. And that doesn't even include your subscribers. You know, this 200 days, these 200 people per day are probably just discovering you. Although I know you've got some thoughts on that. We'll talk a little bit about that. And I'll show you how you can find out whether or not that is true. Anyway, um, one of the things that's interesting is that Spencer actually did share a screen capture of his stats page from Lipson. 
He said, and and from that, I am able to see that he is getting between uh, 1,200 and 2,200 downloads on the days that his podcasts, podcast episodes in, back in February were released. Now, here's the deal. I'm going to tell you right now, he's lost lots of subscribers. He's actually went four months prior to February or January 30th. Um, he's went he's went four months prior to the February the February run of four episodes. Uh, he went four months without releasing any new ex- episodes except for the November 25th one that he threw in. Basically, Spencer and I and I say this respectfully, but basically, you abandoned your audience. And I'm certain that a majority of the people who subscribed to your podcast when it first came out and the buzz was really going for you and you had those six weeks of nonstop goodness, I I would imagine back then you were probably getting right around 8,000 to 10,000 downloads per episode. Could be off, but I think that's probably about what you were getting. And now all of a sudden I'm seeing from your stats that there was one episode that you released uh, in in. January 30th, or it might have been your your first one in February. Uh, but I see that you got 2,200 downloads, and then I saw that it kind of still tapered down a little bit. Uh, and, and, and the idea, the concept, this idea that you're going to be able to just come back after four months and then, boom, it's going to take off, it just doesn't happen that way. I'll tell you what, podcast subscribers, they, you know... They're more willing to put up with lousy audio quality and see you grow... Uh, than they are to actually have somebody kind of just show up, go gung-ho for a while, go away for a couple months, and then come back and release an episode or two and go away for another month and then come back and release four episodes and go away for four months. It just it, that the, You burn us out. We kind of we come to the place where we just kind of say, eh, he's just not into us. He's just not into it. So we just move on. And then when I say we and us, I'm talking about podcast subscribers. So anyway, next, uh, Spencer says on his blog, he got a new subheading here or whatever. No new audience, question mark. He says, Spencer says, you say 200 downloads a day is nice. He must have been reading my thoughts. He says, you say that 200 downloads a day is nice, question mark. Well, it would be if I actually thought that many of my, you know, if I thought many of those were new listeners. <laughs> Spencer, they are. <laughs> yes, they are. Many of them are. You know how I know that they're new listeners? Because I had never heard of you before until about three months ago. And about three months ago, I heard Pat Flynn talking about you and Niche Pursuits. I heard Mark Mason mention you on episode 71 of the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast. I am certain that the mention of your 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 long tail stuff and and that's and by the way, how is how cool is it that I know that you have of course actually know you blog about it. So, but I knew I knew about your long tail program and I've never seen an email from you. I've never been on your website before I read this blog post. That was sent to me from one of my subscribers. Never heard of you except for in these podcasts, and I knew about your product. And if I was interested in your product, the 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 words that Pat and Mark Pat Flynn and Mark Mason spoke about your product, if it was something that I was interested in, I would have purchased it based upon their recommendation alone. 
that, my friend, is the power of a podcast. It's how I heard about you, and I have no doubt that those 200 downloads a day are because of those kind of things. Brand new subscribers, people who are not yet re- uh, um, reading your blog, subscribe to your blog. It is generating traffic, my friend. And you know what? It People who listen to podcasts, we'll get to this a little bit more, but people who listen to a podcast, they're not going to read your blog posts unless they get to the place where they listen to your podcast and then they come to know, like, and trust you so much that they'd be willing to, li- to read your blog post because, and this isn't all of them, but a, a good percentage, I would say a majority of pod- podcast subscribers prefer listening to audio way more than they prefer to read a blog post, especially if your blog post is more than two paragraphs. And if they're big, long paragraphs, I I might not even read that. I'm surprised I read yours, except for the fact that it was a blog post that mentioned my name and had the title, Why You Should Not Create a Podcast, or whatever the title is. Anyway, moving on. He says, and he, Spencer says, and here comes one of my big beefs with podcasting. I have no way of knowing if my podcast is reaching a new audience or if all those listeners are simply from my blog. Yes, you can. This is me. Yes, you can, Spencer. It's easy. You go and you get yourself the Lipson Advanced Stats. It's If you don't have an App 400 or better account, you can pay $5 a month and they'll turn it on. And my friend, they will tell you where all of your traffic to your download, where your downloads are coming from. And they will tell you which browsers are being used. Um, they'll tell you uh, how many are coming from Android devices, how many are coming from uh, the you know the iPhone, which apps in many cases they're going to tell you all kinds of stuff, and I'm going to tell you right now. I would imagine, and I know this from from fact because I deal with so many, uh, my friend. It there those folks, 200 a day, they're coming to you from people who listen to podcasts. All right, now uh, think about it. Uh, uh, actually, we're getting back to what uh, Spencer wrote here. He says, think about it. I post my podcast here on my blog and it gets lots of listens from existing readers. Well, you you just told me that you didn't know this. But now you're saying, I post podcasts here on my blog and it gets lots of listens from my existing readers. Now, I'm not going to argue. I, I think that it's very possible that, you know, when you first put your blog post out there, some of those 2,200 or 1,200 downloads immediately after you publish your podcast. Yes, I, I agree with you. Those people, those are your blog readers. But the 200 on average per day, mm-mm, those are new ones. Anyway, um, he says, I'm sure that some, he goes, but but is anyone new discovering nichepursuits.com through my podcast? That's his question. He says, I'm sure that there are some that do, but my guess is that it's very few. Well, Spencer, I'm going to read a couple of your comments that were put on this blog post on your website and many of those blog post comments, I don't know if it's a majority, I didn't look, but uh, I would say in quite a few of them said, you know what, Spencer, I've read your post here and I just wanna let you know I found you through your podcast and I bought your products. And uh, anyway, we'll, I'll get to some of those in just a minute. He, uh, Spencer says, why is there no software that can track all this for me? I, idea alert for anyone paying attention, but sure, but not sure it's possible. Again, yes, it is possible. Lipson, advanced stats, go check it out. It'll tell you where those people are coming from. He says, the problem is that I get way more new visitors. Now, I want I, I, I want you to understand, I see the word visitors. 
right? I, and I'm glad you used that term for your website. Spencer says, and I'm going to go back to these are words from Spencer. So, and, and he actually has way in all caps and new in all caps. So these are his emphasis, not mine. The problem is that I get way more new visitors day each day to my blog already. And it's much less effort for me to write a new blog post than it is to produce a new podcast. And so here are my notes. Bullet point number one. Please, Spencer, do not confuse the value of a blog visitor as having the same value as a podcast subscriber. Uh Uh-uh. Major difference, my friend. You and I both know, I know you're smart enough to know this, that people will come on your site and they can be off just as quick. And yep, they count as a visitor. They count as a unique. They count as a page view. But my friend, don't confuse the value of that person to somebody that listens to you for an hour every single week, hearing every single word you speak. We're talking influence. We're talking a lot of value in a podcast subscribers. I'd rather have... I'd rather have one podcast subscriber. And by subscriber, I define that as somebody who I can realistically expect that over the next 10 episodes, that that person, a.k.a. a subscriber, is going to listen to every single episode of my next 10 episodes within 24 to 40, within 36 hours of me publishing my podcast. Now, that that's not my hard definition, but that's what I expect. A subscriber is somebody who listens to my content every week and listens to it within 36 hours of me publishing it to the web. That is a subscriber. And I tell you what, I'd rather have I'd rather have one subscriber for every 10,000 people who visit my website. I really would. So don't confuse the value of a blog visitor with having the same value as a podcast subscriber. This, these are these are apples and oranges. Apples and oranges. Okay, as for the amount of work that goes into a podcast episode, it can actually go the other way. I could act, It could be much easier to create a podcast uh, than it is to write a blog post. In fact, I can create a blog, I can create a, I can create a podcast episode quicker than you can create a blog post, depending on how much valuable content you put into it. Now, I'm sure that you know you could probably create a three-paragraph blog post and put it out there, and it's got a little bit of value into it and stuff like that, but it's not going to carry the same weight as a, a 15 or even 30-minute podcast episode that I'm going to produce. But let's just say if you you spent 15 minutes writing a blog post, I guarantee I can, in 20 minutes, I could actually have a 10 or 15 minute podcast episode on my blog. So it, it can be done differently, but uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue. Podcasting is not easy. I've said this and it's, but I don't need easy. I just need worth it is what my friend David uh, H. Foster had always said to me. And uh, that I still stand by that, but it doesn't have to be hard. It, you can't, it can be easier. All right, let's continue on. This is another subheading of the blog post. He says, people don't take action from podcasts. Other than my doubts, this is Spencer, other than my doubts about how many new people are discovering me through my podcast, it's also extremely difficult to get people to take action from my podcast. I have just a couple of quick examples. Well, before we get to that, 
I will say this. This is me. It's it is more difficult. I I want to you know you said uh, it's extremely difficult, and I will say it's more difficult to get people to take action from actually a, listening to a podcast than it is to click a link in a blog post or on Twitter or Facebook or any of those other things. However, it is possible. It is possible for people to take action, and it may just take more time than you're willing to give, and it may not be as easy to track, although I think I have something in here later on in a response that'll give you an idea for that, okay? So it is more difficult, no question, to get the you know call to action. You know, People are out driving their car. Actually, you, you, you shared some things here in a minute, and I'll just read through it. Anyway, you said, I, here, here's one of his examples. I actually got a sponsored spot on a podcast a little while ago for, uh, and it doesn't say, and I think it was probably for his, his uh, uh, what is that called? The, oh, that thing, Longtail Pro, for Longtail Pro. So this was on someone else's podcast, and I wanted to see if I could die, drive some traffic to, uh, to his Longtail Pro product uh, through a sponsored message on a podcast. I provided a special link that the podcaster could read so that I could track how many people who visited that link. The podcast the podcast that the Longtail Pro was featured on was listened to about 1,000 times after the first day or so, and I'm sure it has well over 2,000 downloads now. So out of 2,000 plus downloads, how many people do you suppose went to that special link for Longtail Pro? Seven. That's right, and measly seven clicks were tracked on that link, and one of those was me. Ha! Will I ever pay to be sponsored on a podcast again? Nope. Unless something changes or I find a podcast that can produce better results. (laughs) However, other content marketing and advertising avenues produce much better results. Oh my goodness. Spencer, come on, dude. Listen, so um, do you really expect more than seven people from a single sponsored message in a podcast that is only downloaded just over 2,000 times? I mean, the fact that you got seven people, okay, one of them was you. The fact that you got six people out of 2,000 downloads of one podcast episode where you get one mention where those people may or may not have ever heard of you before uh, where you haven't dis- you ha- you haven't developed a relationship of trust and 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 people have not come to know like and trust you through your th- through that content it's somebody else's show and and anyway marketing people this is something I, I no I'm not a marketing big guy in marketing but I I've listened to enough podcasts on marketing that shows that people actually need to hear a message repeated several times you have to have many touch points before people are going to take action it's usually not until the third fourth fifth or sixth time the fact that six people clicked a link out of two thousand plus people in one that is a huge success but anyway we'll continue on and the fact that i actually say that you probably think well if that's huge success then i'm out and i get that but i think there's other things anyway he continues on. He, so that was one example that he gave. Here's another one. He says, what about results from my own podcast? So I've tracked a couple of links from my own podcasts. When I decided to write this post, I finally went back and tried to find the stats. In a podcast that I did just over a year ago, 
That's my emphasis. I asked listeners to go to a link to find out more about my niche site project. All right, just over a year ago. Again, I want you to remember you kind of have been waffling at that time on whether or not you are committed to actually producing anything for your audience or not. Uh, I, I don't know if you think that's fair for me to say, but that's, you know, just over a year ago, you, you kind of weren't producing a lot of content consistently. You know, it, it kind of, kind of, you know, where, where you been, you know, but hey, you know, so you put this podcast episode out there and as I suspected, you did have some decent download numbers at the time. Uh, so here's the deal. Um, first of all, I want to tell you, he says that podcast episode has been downloaded since it was released over a year ago. That podcast has been downloaded over, uh, has been downloaded 7,724 times. 7,724 downloads of that one podcast episode. Now, before we get to him and what he's saying about his nearly 8,000 downloads, let me make a couple points here. First of all, he shared a screen grab from his lips and stats, which, by the way, does show the, two th- or the total of 7,724. Now, I happen to be a lips and subscriber. So I happen to know what the three blocks to the left are, April, March, and February. I happen to know that's April 2014, March 2014, February 2014. This one podcast episode, this is just one of his podcast episodes. One podcast episode was uh, downloaded, this, this from over a year and a half ago, was downloaded 107 times in April of this year, 151 times in March of this year, 134 times in February of this year. My friend, those are probably brand new subscribers. I doubt those people are finding it through your blog pages. And not only that, but here's what I can tell you. Those people probably found you through some of the other people who are talking about you in a podcast. And what I can tell you is go back and I want you to do this report of April 2014, March 2014, February 2014. And I want you to look at all of your podcast episodes, and I want you to see that you're getting approximately, probably an average of 100 to 150 downloads every single month of all 27 podcast episodes. That's right. When people are finding you, they are not just read, listening to one. They are downloading all 27 of your podcast. That means out of the 200 average per uh, thing that you're getting, t- go and do the math. Go go look at the stats. You'll see that you'll see that all of your podcast episodes are getting monthly downloads. Even currently, there's a hundred or so new people every single month finding your podcast and subscribing to every single episode. I think that's pretty awesome. So, anyway, um, yeah, we'll go on. He says, okay, so back to his point, though. He says, out of nearly 8,000 downloads, surely a few hundred have visited that link, right? Wrong. That link has been visited only 70 times. Well, I want you to think about that. 70, you know, out of the 70, you got, I'm sorry, out of the 7,700, you got 70. Out of the, what was it, 2,000 plus, you got six. I think you're going to start seeing that you, you've got those things there. Now, the thing is, is again, we're talking, you know, you're not mentioning these week after week after week. You're not creating content consistently that's 
really getting to where your audience is growing to know, like, and trust you in such a way that they absolutely know for a fact that next week you're going to have a new con- piece of content for them, that you're dedicated to them. Because here's the deal, and I'll get to this, the fact that podcast subscribers aren't blog readers over and all. I mean, you sure, you get 30, 40, maybe even 45% of your audience who finds your podcast will love to read your blog, but more a majority of them will not. I'm one of them. I, I just don't like to read blog posts. I, I listen to audio podcasts, but not blog posts. Anyway, he says, I get way more action out of just posting something on Facebook or Twitter. Well, I'll tell you what, that may be because it's a whole lot easier to click on a link there. But it's the thing is, is you're also able to track those things in a much different way. And while those people may have heard your thing for your website and had the specific link, in that one episode, they may not have clicked that link. They may have not gone to that special link that you talked about a year ago. But I'll tell you what, there have probably been, if if we're talking, you know, 100, let's see here. In the last three months, 100, you know, let me do the math here. 107 plus 151 plus 134. There have been 392 people who listened to that one episode. In February, March, and April of this year, 2014, 392 people. Those 392 people are relatively brand new to your content, and they don't know, like, and trust you yet. But they did hear because they went back a year and a half ago and listened and subscribed to that podcast or and listened to that episode. Um, they may not react right away, but they will probably they will probably take action at some point down on the road down the road. And it's not easy, you know, you're not going to get direct clinks. Some of those people will go and do the direct link, but some of them are just going to find other avenues to buy or you're going to blog about it and or, or send out a mailing list. And because they came to know, like, and trust you over time in your podcast, because you're consistently creating great value for them in their lives, because you have a weekly podcast every single week with heart, without hardly ever failing to produce an episode, they've subscribed to your mailing list. And because you actually put a mailing list out to them when they were in front of a computer, because they came to know, like, and trust you, they actually clicked the link in the email. You have no way, my friend, of telling whether or not that was originally from somebody who found your podcast and listened to that episode back in, if they were one of the 134 people that found your that episode back in, in February of this year. I'm going to take another drink. Ah. So anyway, he says, this is, uh, he says, so the, he gets more out of the Twitter. He says, so overall, podcasts are not a good way to get people to act. I disagree with that. I, I, I do. I, I Maybe immediately. Eh, okay. He says, and I totally understand people listen to podcasts while they're driving their car or running or working or other projects. Well, okay, do you understand that? That's the question. Because it doesn't sound to me from what you've written that you do understand that. If you do understand that, you may realize that they may not immediately take action on the clicks in your podcast, but they may eventually over time warm up to signing up for your mailing list and then over time start clicking on the links and buying big ticket items from you. Uh, and then, you know, becoming longtime loyal customers of you uh, without ever knowing that it actually came from your podcast, but it, it may have. So I, I think that it does actually have. And we'll read some comments from your, your listeners in just a moment. Anyway, so if a pod, he says, so if, a pod, if, if podcasts are not a great way to get people to act, why do people have podcasts? That, my friend, is a very good question. 
So why do so many people have podcasts? My friend, I'm going to tell you why. Because we have results. We see results. Plain and simple. I would not be doing what I'm doing right now if there were no results. And no, I'm not an anomaly. There are other people who are having results, and they aren't just Pat Flynn, myself, Andrew Warner, uh, and um, John Lee Dumas, and and all the other fantastic, wonderful people out there that, that are in the top 10, the top 50. And in fact, I know people who are having amazing results who aren't even in the top 200, like your podcast is. You don't have to be a celebrity space out there. You don't have to have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of downloads to have a real impact in people's lives and to have long-term positive effects on your business. So um, he continues on. He says, what are, what?" this is another subheading of his post. He says, what are podcasts, what podcasts are good for? He says, as a branding and relationship building tool, podcasts are excellent. I can think of no other format where you can essentially have someone listen to your voice for over an hour sometimes. Spencer, do not overlook that opportunity. Do do not underestimate the value and the power that comes with somebody being willing to listen to your voice every week for 30 minutes to an hour, and they will. I can tell you right now, this podcast episode, I very rarely ever go over one hour. This podcast episode is easily going to be 90 minutes, and I guarantee you, 95% of this subscription base of my podcast, thousands of people are going to listen to every single second of these 90 minutes, and they will not miss a single bit of it. Some of them may actually go back and listen to it a second time. Spencer says, I'm not here to bash on podcasts. I'm really not. For certain businesses or individuals, a podcast uh, that is developed properly can be a fantastic way to grow your awareness. I agree, Spencer. Um, And I think that the same could be for you if you were more consistent with your show. All right. Uh, He says, for individuals that are interested in speaking at conferences and probably eventually writing books, a popular podcast can help you leverage those opportunities. So if you want to make uh, make it onto the speaking circuit or otherwise have something that you can point to and say, look at how many thousands of people listen to my show. And by the way, I know people who are finding all the success that they desire and they have hundreds of people not thousands, hundreds of people who are listening to their show. It's not about the thousands. It's not about the tens of thousands. Uh, but anyway, he says, if you look at, he says, if you want to point to this and let, say, look how many thousands of people who listen to my show, then a podcast may be a great fit for your business. Or if you truly have the time to produce a stellar show on a regular schedule, that can also drive results. I cannot emphasize that enough, Spencer. If you have a stellar show, on a regular schedule, you are absolutely right. I think you would be seeing the results that you desire. If every week or at least 50 weeks out of the year for the last two years, if you would have produced a podcast, you'd be seeing, you'd be writing a very different blog post, my friend. <clears throat> Guaranteed. I'm taking another drink of water there. He says... I personally have no desire to speak at conferences or get a book deal. I prefer to be thinking up new business ideas and making them a reality. 
To clarify, I'm not saying that people who speak at conferences or have book deals aren't also coming up with other business ideas, etc. That's just personally not where my focus is right now. And here are my comments, bullet points and all. That's just it, Spencer. You're you just hit the nail on the head with that statement. You you're this has not been a focus for you and for your business. And that's why you have not seen the results. You know, it, but just because you have not had it as a res, as a focus of your business, just because you have not had any of the results that you had hoped as a result of it not being a focus of your business, I just don't understand why you felt obligated or felt any desire to, to title your post why you should not start a podcast. You see, the fact that most of the reasons that you give for why you don't have a podcast is because you simply don't have the time for it or you just you just simply it's not a focus for you and that's okay that's okay you know it this could have very easily been a podcast or a blog post that says why I haven't been consistent with my podcast probably wouldn't be talking about it right now I would have been in agreement and went right on but the fact that these are reasons why people shouldn't start a podcast eh I think they're pretty weak. I think there are other reasons why people shouldn't start a podcast, but these are not it. Anyway, uh, Spencer continues. In addition, having a podcast is an excellent way to network and build great working relationships with other successful people. Now listen to this. This is Spencer's words right here. Nearly everyone I've contacted has agreed to be on my podcast. And I also get sent requests from impressive people that want to be interviewed on my podcast. So if nothing else, you can use your podcast network to network with other people and learn from some of the best in the industry. And again, Spencer and everyone who listens to the, my voice and hopefully anybody who's read his blog post, do not underestimate the power that comes in the statement that nearly everyone he's contacted has agreed to be on his show. Nearly every single one of them has agreed to be on his show. This is his final subheading, I think. Eh, Nope, there's two. All right. He says, why podcasting sucks sometimes. He says, overall, your time is a very valuable resource. And for me, I don't see a lot of action taking place from my podcasting efforts. Spencer, with, with all due respect... These these are the words that I wrote in reaction to that. I am going to read your statement again, and then I'm just going to read what I wrote, because if I don't read it word for word, I probably won't have the guts to say it. So here it is. You wrote, Spencer, overall, your time is very valuable, is a very valuable resource. And for me, I don't see a lot of action taking place from my podcasting efforts. My response, I'm reading it word for word again. Your subscribers hasn't actually haven't actually seen a lot of action from your lack of focus on creating a consistent podcast for them to stay subscribed and engaged with. Or two, anyway. Yeah, I, you're. You know what? I think it goes both ways. I, you know, they have your subscribers had not seen a lot of action from you. Twelve full months without any podcasts over the last two years. So the lack of the lack of action goes both ways. Spencer says my blog has not grown because of my podcast. 
However, my podcast has done okay because of my blog. Well, I won't argue that your blog and your existing audience helped you get a little bit of traction when you first started out. But I want to tell you right now, of all of the people who found you and already knew about you because of your blog, you may have had actually 60%, and you could have even maybe even got 80% of the people who read your blog to actually listen to an episode or two or three or maybe even four episodes of your podcast. But I guarantee you by the time you got to your 10th episode, only, only about 30 to 45% of those people continued to listen each time you put out a new podcast episode. Why? Because those people found you through your written blog and they prefer your written blog and they can read your written blog faster than you can speak your spoken words. And that's just the way it is. But the people who are subscribing to your podcast, you're right. Your blog probably isn't growing a whole lot. Well, that's not true, though. What I can tell you with conviction of those 200 people every single day downloading your show, let's just say 50% of them actually subscribe to your podcast, which they will not, by the way. They will not subscribe to your podcast when they see that you have not produced a podcast since February. I guarantee it. They will. Okay, 10% of them maybe, 5% of them. But no, the the average podcast subscriber is going to see that you put out 27 episodes in two years. They'll see all the time that the breaks in between and they'll see that you haven't done anything since February and they are not going to subscribe. But if you were subscribing on a weekly basis or producing podcasts on a weekly basis and everything was done right and you had new subscribers to your podcast, what you can expect is about 30% of them when they come to know, like, and trust you will automatically say, who. I'm so glad I found Spencer, and they will subscribe to your blog. 30% of your audience, maybe 45, but usually 30 to 45%. The rest of the people, you'd have to, they'd have to really come to know, like, and trust you to then take action and sign up for your mailing list. And I'll tell you what, the people who sign up from your mailing list from your podcast, I guarantee you, they're more likely to click the purchase, the, the click at the, to, let me say that again. They're more likely to click the add to cart button than your actual visitor to your website. You know, it's just the way it is. So let's see here. Um, Spencer says, I can see no growth in my blog readers and I can't track my sales for my products directly to my podcast. And um, I'm going to read some comments from your blog that will show you that they're there, even though you haven't found a way to track them. Um, I will show show you through your blog comments. I'm sure you've seen that it has been generating some sales for you and you just weren't aware of it. And um, I will agree with you that that these sales are not as easy to track. However, uh, maybe perhaps a promo code available only to podcast subscribers is available, is is a way to go. You know, maybe you could always give 5% off, 10% off to anybody who's a podcast subscriber only. I don't know. I, I mean, who knows? If you're listening to this, you can hear it. You always get this, and you, you always use this promo code, and and maybe that will help. But it's it's it can't be something you mention once and hope people use it. It's got to be something you kind of just throw in every all the time. Anyway, uh, Spencer says. However, I can track huge amounts of sales and blog readership to other methods that I have taken. 
Uh, when it comes right down to it, I can write a blog post in less time than it takes to produce a podcast. In addition, I can do it with my own schedule. For a podcast interview, you have to coordinate your schedule with someone else's, prepare questions, conduct the interview to post-production, then write a blog post to go with each podcast. It's a lot of work. Number one, yes, it can be. Number two, it doesn't have to be. Uh, and number three, Spencer, you seem like a guy who could probably carry his own without interviewing a guest. I did it for this entire episode. I think you could too. And the fact that if you're listening to my voice right now, do you realize you're almost at 90 minutes of hearing my voice? Unless you put me on 2x speed, which is actually going to be more than 45 minutes. I don't know if you guys know that 2x is not really 2x. Uh, but uh, yeah, some of you are listening to my voice at 2x. Um, and today I'm going to get you that that whole hour one way or another. Anyway, no, seriously. Uh, Spencer says, and perhaps I'm a bit spoiled now, but I really don't enjoy having official things on my schedule anymore. I'd prefer not to have any calls or interviews ever on my schedule. I know, I know. You can call me a crybaby if you want. It won't hurt my feeling. Let me tell you something, Spencer. I'm just like you. I don't like official things on my schedule anymore. I don't take phone calls anymore. I don't do one-on-one anymore. And I prefer to to keep my commitments as low as possible and experience a margin that you and I have both come to enjoy so much. I've produced over 3,200 podcast episodes, and I do not like scheduling any more than you do. And this, my friend, is why I don't do interview podcasts. Uh, Moving on, Spencer says, I just personally like to keep... Uh, a free schedule so I can work on these projects I'm most interested in. So if I'm completely honest, hosting and recording podcasts is probably the least favorite thing I do in my business. Boom. Spencer, now you have the reason right there. This is the best reason so far that I've read in your entire blog post for not wanting to do a podcast. The fact that you actually tried it for two years and it's your least favorite thing. However, I'm telling you that before you just call it quits, Boy, there are some things you could do to really make it a lot more fun and take a whole lot less time and and just really see a lot more success. But yeah, anyway, uh, Spencer says, I don't want I don't have a wonderful radio voice and I'd rather analyze spreadsheets than interview someone. Yep, that's how lame I am. That's what that's what Spencer said. Let me say something. Number one, I listened to a bit of your podcast this morning or this afternoon. I think your voice is perfectly fine for a podcast. I think you could do to upgrade your microphone, to be honest with you. I think the audio quality on a scale of one to ten, your voice comes through at a solid six, maybe seven in some episodes. Uh, But but it's certainly it's it's not very high on the scale, although you are better than nine out of ten other podcasts out there with what you're doing. Uh, but you could sound better, and it has nothing to do with your mic. It could actually drastically change your podcast if you invested like 70 bucks in an Audio-Technica ATR 2100 with a nice windscreen and a, or a pop filter and a tabletop mic stand. But, eh, you know, whatever. Uh, and I agree. Uh, I, I feel the same way you do. The, the fact that you'd rather sp- analyze spreadsheets than interview someone Boy, if you were working with me originally when you first launched your podcast, I would have told you to avoid the interview format like the plague that it is for so many people. (laughs) And by the way, I'm not anti-interview formats. I don't subscribe to them, but, um, you know, it's not my favorite format. I don't like to listen to them. Um, 
a whole lot. I'll, I'll listen to one every now and then, but, uh, you know, and, and by the way, there are people out there who love them, but if you do not like, if you'd rather analyze a spreadsheet than interview someone, you shouldn't be interviewing people for a podcast on a weekly basis. That's, it's ludicrous. Stop it. I'm going to tell you to go to youtube.com. Spencer and and do me a favor go to YouTube and I want you to uh, go to YouTube and do a search for stop it two words and also add Bob Newhart okay stop it Bob Newhart anyway um so yeah stop doing the interviews there's so many other ways you can, you can have a co-host and have more fun uh you could talk like I'm doing you don't have to dude the 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 amount of time it's going to take me to produce this podcast is boom I, i'm i'm you can tell i'm not doing any editing on it but anyway <sighs> he continues he says if you're more interested in networking and building relationships than seeing immediate results then maybe a podcast is okay spencer you're saying that if you're read if you're more interested in networking and building relationships than seeing immediate results uh, then maybe a podcast is okay. Well, first of all, I don't think it has to be either or. And actually, number two, I don't understand why everybody wants immediate results. And then you're probably saying, Cliff, how stupid. Who wouldn't want immediate results? And I go back to the Jason Fried quote that you, you people could go back and listen to, or you can just go to gspn.tv forward slash overnight, and it's it's there. You'll You'll see it. Anyway. Uh, he says, also, I'm fully aware that my podcast could grow much faster if I was producing more podcasts. So if, I, by the way, I, I disagree with you fully. I completely disagree. You've just told me that the least favorite thing you do is create a podcast. S- uh, Spencer, I've never seen a podcaster who hates creating a podcast have a successful podcast. I don't care if you produ- if you were to produce a podcast episode every single week. If you hate doing it, your audience isn't going to enjoy it any more than you are creating it. All right? So just keep that in mind. Now, I think you can enjoy it more, but I don't think the podcast format's the one for you. It's not saying you can't do an awesome, uh, great networking opportunity interview every now and then. I certainly do them, but it's not my normal format. Um, so anyway, uh, but anyway, he says, so if a podcast is going to be a primary focus of your business and you are going to produce a daily or even weekly show, you're more likely to grow your audience. I don't think that daily is is my favorite option. I think it's one of my least favorite options, but we won't go there today. Um, but yeah, How, Spencer says, however, as already explained, for my personal situation, a blog is much easier to maintain and grow. I get many, many more times the traffic, and, I, and that's my quote right there, or my emphasis, to my blog post than my podcast. And uh, my bullet point here, don't confuse traffic or website visitors as having equal value to those people who are subscribed and who have listened to every single minute, every word you spoke in the last 27 episodes of your podcasts. All right. Those 8,000 plus, you know, 7,724 people, they're, they're out there, my friend, and they 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 are more valuable than traffic, I promise. Uh, Spencer says, if I put more focus on my podcast, I wouldn't be able to produce as many high quality blog posts, which would be just shooting myself in the foot. So everyone needs to determine a strategy that is best suited for their business and overall strategy. If you already have an existing business that is doing well and you are trying to grow your brand, then putting 
uh, some effort into a podcast might be worth it. But if a podcast is taken away from other activities that produce more direct results, especially if you're a young company, I wouldn't recommend it. Well, guess what? I wouldn't recommend it either. Uh, if, if, If you... I agree. Everybody has to decide what works for them. And Spencer, it doesn't sound to me like, like you know, the podcasting is your thing. You already said, but I think it could be if if you maybe did it differently. But if you did it differently and did it consistently, and you enjoyed it with a different format, and you still found that it was the the thing you was your least favorite thing to do, then you should stop podcasting. In fact, let me just get into this. He he ends with the last sub thought here. He says, "Your thoughts." As always, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the subject. I've given you plenty of mine. Do you have a podcast? Yes, I do. I've actually created 30 of them, 30 different shows since uh, December 2005. I've produced over 3,200 podcast episodes with my voice in them. And I want to tell you, there are over 2,000 people in my community. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but let me tell you what those 2,000 people have done. There are over 2,000 people in my community who have ha- who, who have listened to all 3,200 episodes of my podcast. I'll say that one more time. There, Out of the tens of thousands of people who are subscribed to my podcasts uh, today, um, out, out of all of those, there are, I know of at least 2,000 people who have listened to all 3,200 plus episodes of my podcast. All of my shows are about an hour in length, by the way. Anyway, uh, again, I'm. he says, again, I'm not here to say that no one should be podcasting, but if you are considering a podcast, you need to go in with your eyes wide open. I totally agree with you. And I also agree that not everyone should create a podcast. I really don't believe that everyone should create a podcast, but for different reasons than what you've listed. Uh, anyway, um, it's, he says, it's a lot of work and often does not produce direct results, i.e. new readers and sales that you might be looking for. And I, my bullet point is often based upon what you said, you don't have the hard facts and, and research on that. And also, um, it's not about immediate success and overnight success. It, it, you know, are there some things that you can do? Yeah. But are those people long-term clients for years and years and years, some of them, but podcast seems to 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 give you the long-term long tail effect if you will uh anyway but he spencer says but if you're taking a long-term branding and awareness approach that you hope will to leverage into other opportunities then perhaps a podcast is a good way to go but it's a huge time investment and other activities may be better use of your time so what about my own podcast will i continue to produce it well i'm not calling it quits yet but for now I will likely continue on the path it's on. I produce maybe one podcast episode every other month or so, and that's plenty for me. And I don't know. I, I'm not going to tell you what you should or should not do. I'm sure that the people who love you will love that you create them a podcast once every you know two to three months, um, and they'll be perfectly happy with that. Well, actually, they won't be perfectly happy with it, but they're going to enjoy it. You, you might as well just call it an audio blog post because that's what you're doing. You're creating audio content for your podcast or for your blog subscribers is really what you're doing. You're not going to gain, uh, you know, long term podcast subscribers. Th- those people are going to call it quits on you and have. I, I mean, that's 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 evident in the numbers The you know, going from seven thousand seven hundred and. 24 or whatever those numbers were for that one episode a year and a half ago to the fact that, you know, I, I saw your number when you released in 
February, and those numbers were from recently. And I see that you're get you're down from you know almost eight thousand downloads per episode to an episode a year and a half ago to where you're you know in February when you launched a brand new episode, the highest you got was about two thousand two hundred. So it, you basically those are probably a, a, those two thousand two hundred are your blog readers. The two hundred a day, however are new subscribers that are finding you and then eventually will unsubscribe from you because you're not creating content on a weekly basis for them. Uh, anyway, he says, if by miracle I find an extra ten, five to 10 hours every week, perhaps I'll get excited and try producing some more, but don't hold your breath. I won't, Spencer, because I don't think you'll, it, unless you change your format, uh, you said you'd hate, you'd rather analyze spreadsheets. Dude, spend your time analyzing spreadsheets because it'll be a whole lot better than creating an interview that you hate doing. Your audience will thank you for not creating those interviews that you hate doing. Um, anyway, uh, let's see here. And then he ends his post with a new baby and other booming businesses. The podcast is pretty low priority at this point. Am I way off base here? Let me know your thoughts. Well, Spencer, this entire episode pretty much has been devoted to sharing with you how far off base I think a lot of those things are. I respectfully share this information. Um, I don't know you personally. I've never met you unless we did meet, and now I really feel awful. But um, the the fact is, is that you know I, I have heard Pat Flynn mention you. I have heard Matt, Mark Mason mention you, uh, and I I've heard about your product before. And real quickly, uh, I just want to read to you a couple of blog posts. I know you've already seen these, but I'm going to read uh, some blog post comments on your website. David wrote to you. He says, "Hello Spencer, I found your blog po- your blog after downloading a number of random podcasts from iTunes and listening to yours. In my opinion, hearing somebody talk talking to you on a podcast makes you much more likely to visit their site on a regular basis than it does from reading a blog post. Hearing the person talking also makes you feel more trusting of them." I would be much more likely to buy a product such as Longtail Pro from your site than I would from a site and owner who had who I had never heard speak. While podcasts may not be may not dramatically increase your uh, the clicks you get, I definitely think they improve your trust and reputation, and you have the trust and reputation you have and probably make your existing site visitors more likely to buy products from you. Spencer replied to David and said, that's great that you found me through my podcast. I knew that there were a few people, but I have no idea how many. I agree with your analysis 100%. However, it comes down to time slash benefit analysis. For some people that want to make podcasts a vital part of their business, it is a fantastic fantastic methods for others using other marketing avenues can be just as effective. I disagree with that as far as I disagree that any other avenue can give you what David was talking about, hearing your voice and and communicating on a weekly basis and having all of that um all of that influence that you have through them consistently hearing your voice. Anyway, John Hawes I don't know if he's related to Spencer, but anyway, John says, hmm, lots to think about here. I just spent the last couple of days reviewing John Lee Dumas's income reports. I do agree that having to stick to some set, uh, set a set schedule really sucks. I think if you can find a good niche, you can develop a large amount of brand awareness. Spencer replied, yep, lots to think about. John Dumas is a big exception. Not the rule for podcasting, which, by the way, I just want to interrupt. I agree. John Lee Dumas is an exception to the rule. 
of podcasting. All right. So just keep that in mind. He said, uh, but Spencer continued in response in this comment. If somebody wants to be wants podcasting to be their business, then it's absolutely possible. But if somebody already has is already a blogger, software developer, or has a full time business, and they just want to do a podcast in addition to that, they should maybe think twice. That's all I'm saying, and I disagree vehemently with that statement. I believe that if somebody is a already a blogger, software developer, and has a full-time business, that there is no other platform that can give you the benefits that a podcast can give you for developing a relationship where people come to know, like, and trust you. Uh, I encourage anybody who has not done so to go to podcastanswerman.com slash 90 days. Podcastanswerman.com slash 90 days. Those are the benefits of podcasting that podcasting offers that no other platform can give you, including blogging. Josh wrote to uh, Spencer. He says, I would echo David and Ben's comments. Podcasts by their nature feel much more personal than blog posts, and I think they do a lot to build relationships and trust. That said, I do understand that they take a lot of effort to pull off and might not always feel worthwhile use of your limited time and energy. I will say that I've gotten huge value from your podcast. I have listened to them all, some more than once. And I hope that you continue to do at least some every now and then. They've helped me feel like I've been able to get to know you more as a real person and decide that I could trust and support your products, which I'm glad I did. As a listener, I have also experienced frustration with the difficulty of taking action on a podcast. Like you said, I'm usually listening to a podcast because I'm busy doing something else. If I want to follow up on something that I hear, I have to remember to go back and re-listen or find the show notes and hope that the author has posted links. Definitely not ideal. Anyway, thanks for the nice post looking critically at what so many others are invariably, others invariably overhype. And by the way, I just want to say in response to Josh, Josh, I agree. There is very, there are a few people out there that I believe overhype podcasting as far as instant success and financial rewards as a result of it, but certainly not overhyped for the benefits that I talk about at podcastanswerman.com slash nine zero days. Jason wrote to Spencer. Jason says, I'm one of those people who found your blog through the podcast. I really enjoyed the podcast you've produced and listened to them more than once. Why? (laughs) Because they, that's all they have to listen to. You only gave them 27. Anyway, uh, Jason continues. He says, I'm soon to be in need of ho- more hosting and long tail pro. So when I so when I use your affiliate links and purchase long tail pro, you can chalk it up to sales from your podcast. Your blog is great too. Spencer replied, this could get interesting. Lots of podcast cr- uh, listeners are coming out of the word wo- woodwork. Good to know as I have no idea unless you mentioned it here. All right, Gary wrote to Spencer. He says, hi, Spencer. Just to echo some of the points above, found found out about you via a podcast I downloaded. I didn't take any action straight away, but I contained a few nuggets that prompted me to go back and listen to it again. You earned a sale of Longtail Pro out of this. I also think it gives more personal side to what you do. Being able to listen along while you do things is much more effective than reading a blog post. Well, sometimes anyway. 
And you don't come across like some of the bigger egos on the web. Hence why I replied to this post and continue to listen to your podcast long after most of the other guys have been deleted. Cheers. That's from Gary. Tony writes to Spencer, I found you through podcasts. I also bought Longtail Pro after hearing about it in a podcast. Podcasts are the number one way I consume content. But you are right. I don't take a lot of action outside of the podcast. I listen to Pat Flynn every day, but I only go to his sites maybe a couple times a week. Podcasting, by the way, just can I say, I listen to podcasts every day, Pat Flynn every day. That dude, do you know how much influence Pat Flynn has in his in Tony's life? A lot. Anyway, Tony continues. Podcasting is a bit tough. There is a ton of cast that I would love that I love, but if there's not a consist, but if there's not consistent new content, here it comes. If there's not consistent new content, I usually unsubscribe. I like to keep my subscribed list so that I don't have to scroll. Tony's not alone, Spencer. We all are that way. Well, majority of us are. Anyway, Alistair Cochran writes, Spencer, I, I don't, let's see, I don't think you can underestimate the relationship building side of it. The blog is all about advice, and it's easier to trust a guy when you've heard his voice and heard him interact with people. Your podcast and an appearance on other people's podcasts, for example, when you were on Smart Passive Income, makes me makes you more real. When we find a new blog and we are evaluating them to try to figure out if they are the real deal and put out good advice. A podcast or YouTube videos you uh, help you gain that authority with your readers quicker so that you become a trusted source. I agree with that, Alistair. And by the way, YouTube videos are great, but nobody will give you an hour, 30 minutes to an hour or gosh, now an hour and 48 minutes of their time to listen to a YouTube video on a consistent basis. Anyway, Rick wrote, hi, Spencer. As someone who travels a lot, I'm a big fan of podcasts. I utilize much of the windshield time as absorbing great uh, information on building my business. As they say, it's an education on wheels. Also, as mentioned above, it's a great platform for getting to know a different side of the blogger. For me, it's more personal listening to their voice versus reading text. I find myself trusting more through the spoken word. Lastly, although I don't have a podcast yet, uh, it seems consi- it seems consistency is the key to maintaining an interested audience. My fi- Most of my favorite podcasts are cranking out podcasts a week. Before I download a new podcast, I check the date and consistency of episodes before I consider even listening or previewing. Congrats on the new baby. For, with four kids and a thriving business, I can see your point in weighing the benefits of, and, uh, benefits of this platform. Good luck. Uh, P.S. Still loving Longtail Pro, says Rick. All right. Uh, Yisrael Reese wrote, Hi, Spencer. I'm a listener to your podcast and have listened to many of episodes. I have also bought your products with software, both software and courses. I have to tell you, by listening to your podcast, I do feel that I got to know you and trust you more. And that is what directly has led me to read your blog post and buy from you and perhaps even continuing paying for Longtail Pro Platinum, Yisrael. All right. And then Tom Martin wrote, Hi, Spencer. I first heard about you through Pat Flynn's podcast and then went on to listen to yours. I think there are benefits to having a podcast that are less tangible. Uh, they are they build up relationships, trust, authority. They are hard to put a dollar value on. They are less likely uh, through uh, these are less likely through a text article. Anyway, 
He says, um, this is certainly the case for me as I went on to purchase Longtail Pro and am now much more likely to purchase through your other affiliate links and go to you if I ever want PBN links, whatever that is, just my two cents worth. And the comments continue on on his blog post. My friends, that is my response. Spencer, I don't know if you're still listening to me. I cannot believe I have ever, I've never gone this far over an hour before. I am almost at two hours. And my friends, I apologize for that. But I was so passionate about this topic. And I just wanted to share my thoughts with it with you guys. And so with that, um, I'm just going to wrap it up. That's it. I already told you at the beginning of the show, I'm not using any audio clips, no bumpers, no ending music, anything like that. The only thing I'll say in closing is, my friends, I am getting ready to do my next podcasting A to Z course starting Monday, June 2nd. Again, Monday, June 2nd, 2014. All the details at podcastinga2z.com. Again, podcastinga2z.com. If you are interested, please sign up. If you want to use the early bird discount, there's still plenty of time to do that. Use the promo code PAM in the shopping cart and you'll see how much money you save. God bless you all. I will be back next week and I promise you I will not go over an hour next week. Until then, take everything you do to the next level.